0: The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hello, and welcome to the Hoop Ball NBA DFS Today podcast. It is Saturday, December twenty eighth. And I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined by one of, if not the biggest sharks in the NBA DFS industry, Mr. Michael Apatria. Good morning, Michael.
1: It is a good morning, and that's exactly what we're doing. It's, It's Saturday morning, Coach, so that means we are recording our only morning podcast for DFS of the week. Uh, means that we got some extra time to kind of look over the slate. We have all the news from last night with a few of the teams on back-to-backs. And, uh, you know, I couldn't picture a better day to have some extra time to research and be able to provide some better content because we have 13 games to go through, man.
0: I know it. It is crazy, dude. I, You know, I, I hate to break the news to you, buddy, but it's actually 14 games. It, there's 13 main slate uh... and one early. So all but two teams, Charlotte and Oklahoma City, play. So it is officially the biggest slate of the year.
1: This is—it's just ridiculous, honestly. And uh, you know, I don't mind from a DFS perspective, but from an NBA perspective, like a fan perspective, this is just dumb. Like, how does the NBA? I love it, man. I'd take this like this? Every, I this
0: every—I—I take this every night. But this does prove to me though that once you run out of fingers and toes, that you lose count.
1: it's that's a known fact Uh, honestly it's it completely slipped once i saw that 13 main slate um that's that's where my time and my focus went i know i'm a gpp guy i do like the showdown slates uh on occasion um and this actually might be the kind of day to really target and hone in on that because a lot of other people are going to be gearing up for that main slate and they might just kind of write this one off
0: and it's not a super early game 5 p.m and then slate is 7 p.m eastern so Uh, but we'll hit all 14. We've, you know, our listeners know we are not going to miss a single solitary game throughout the preseason, regular season or postseason. So this is awesome stuff, man. I'm I'm one of those, uh, not, not games that the better having to utilize an big slate like this. I think it's a good, I think it's great.
1: You were you were you're kind of coming in a little bit choppy right there coach. So um
0: Oh, I, I lost you a little bit. Uh, well, yeah, a I little just, bit. I
1: heard I think we got I think I got the gist of what you said. I think um, you know, you're just basically you were just you're fired up about this big slates. You like the big slates. That's I kind of heard a little bit of it, but yeah, you're definitely breaking in and out yeah. I want to touch on it again real quick.
0: Yeah, I just I think it gives us a big edge as, you know, uh really NBA DFS pros that look at this stuff upside down and backwards every day. You know, I think the the normal player generally can get a little intimidated by this many games and this much information. And I think uh, we can use that to our advantage and bring some more, more winners in uh for our listeners.
1: Absolutely. That's what we're here for. We're here to sort out the games that we want to target more, sort out the ones that we're kinda of gonna write off. I mean with this many games in this main slate that we'll get to that's you got to eliminate your player pool and fast. I mean, everybody has options. There's so many different ways you can go. Um, but if, you know, we have studs on there, you know, two, two high price studs that we're both probably going to be interested in, there's plenty of opportunities to take the fair and balanced approach if you want to go that way. So we're going to touch on all those and, uh, you'll see us probably touch on a few guys that, you know, may not be as intriguing in the main slate, but it's also a great day to capitalize on those, you know, mini slates, the turbo slates, the late game slates, uh, and every opportunity to, you know, really hone in on those three or four games in between.
0: No doubt about it, man. And like our listeners know, we usually uh, do this show each evening so that it comes out first thing in the morning. But we found a lot more success for our listeners by doing this Saturday show in the morning. It allows us to get all of the updated uh, information. So I have all the new uh, player news, uh, lines, totals, you know, uh, defensive rankings, pace rankings. So... We're gonna what we're gonna do is like we normally do, I'm gonna set the stage for each game, uh, get the stats out there as far as where everybody sets. Uh, my, uh, Mr. Patry is gonna uh, game script the game a little bit, break it down, and I'll throw some comments in there. and then hopefully, as we go through each game, uh, if you're taking some notes, you, you could start building a little bit of a roster. And then uh, you know we always tell everybody three step uh, program. Listen to this show, then follow the news throughout the day. Player news—that's going to change uh, the way you build your your roster. And then that last hour, you've got to be glued to Twitter and glued to everything uh, NBA that Eddie News that breaks, so that you can fine tune uh, your lineup right until uh, lock. Because you know the teams do not have to turn in their uh, rosters until 30 minutes before the game, so at least you get solidification on those seven o'clock early games and can make sure you have everything in line. But we've done a lot of this work for you. So hopefully this saves you a lot of time and helps you prepare for, uh, just crushing it today. Um, I want to thank our presenting sponsor before we get rolling here. That's my bookie, uh, go to MyBookie.ag. They are awesome. I was on there yesterday and, uh, made my deposit hundred bucks and I got 50 free, uh, my bookie bucks, uh, as well. So it, you know, they give you, uh, half of up to your first deposit all the way up to a thousand. So if you really want to give it a big shot and go in for 2 give you a thousand, uh, to run with and their lines are updated. There's live lines. All the sports are on there. They have great, uh, uh customer support. So, Get to mybookie.ag, use the promo code DFS today, all one word. That's the name of our show. And uh, that gets you that uh, half of your deposit uh, all the way up to $1,000. So we're loving mybookie. It's great to have them on board. Actually, I got all their lines set for you uh, here so that we can discuss those uh, on each game. And also want to thank... Uh, since I'm going to take a big sip of this as soon as I turn the first game over to Mike, is Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. They are a long-time sponsor, presenter, and uh, just really appreciate their relationship with Hoop-Ball.com, our home uh, office and home hub mothership. Uh, So we thank both of them. And uh, we're just fired up to get this thing rolling. There's some really good games in the industry. Uh, There's that one showdown game at 5 p.m. and then 13-game main slate, which is the biggest of the year so far. So with no further ado, let's dive into this so we can get this uh, podcast completed and out there to everybody to listen to. Uh, There is no panic of 3:30 uh, game or two o'clock game and stuff like that like we've had in previous weeks uh, like I said even if you're uh, not if you do want to play that's that solo uh, game at five it's not till 5 Eastern but the main slate doesn't start till seven uh, so that'll get us going all the way around all right awesome stuff and uh, great job and uh, last night you and Andrew uh, uh, crushed it and I guess that would be the night before for yesterday's slate. And I know we had some members posting uh, some wins. So great job to you and Andrew, man.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a fun slate. It was one that, uh, yeah, I, I did pretty well on as, as well. Um, I mean, I guess that comes, comes with the turf. I try to be very transparent and if, I'm mentioning a guy uh and I say I'm gonna play I'm 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 gonna have some exposure. Uh there were some pivots that we weren't able to get to on the podcast with the with you know the news of Giannis and um so we uh we you know I thought I hope everybody adjusted on the fly accordingly. I know, you know, that, that was a big factor into that game leading to being a blowout. I mean they still ended up uh, putting in some work on the Hawks, regardless. But, uh, you know, Chris Middleton and Urson were just you know necessary must plays at their price tag. So I loaded up on those guys. I followed it up with a lot of D'Angelo Russell, Devin Booker, uh, a few of those other mid-tier guys I was talking about, and that's kind of the approach I took. Um, I got my value with Urson. I did play a little Linux here and there, and he didn't you know blow the roof off the doors. But everything mm-hmm. else combined ended up uh, being a nice night for me too.
0: Yeah, I I was very lucky because I was one of the few people that faded Trey Young and that really gave me an edge, you know, because I used that salary wisely elsewhere and uh, it worked out well, man. You just never know. Yeah, and uh, I I did not have any exposure to Trey Young. Uh, I just
1: didn't want to pay that ten eight price tag in that matchup. Nice. Uh, me and Andrew touched on that. I did get a little bit of Collins just in the lineups where I played. Uh, you know, three or more bucks. Um, yeah, I played a couple lineups with Divincenzo, Ursan, and Middleton. So in those okay. lineups, I ran it back with uh, a little bit of Collins. He didn't get it done in the scoring end, uh, but right. I, can't believe, I believe he had 16 boards, 17 boards, uh, a few right. blocks. So all in all, ended up paying off his price tag. So I just had a good, solid night in general. I think I was about uh, 15 to 20 points out of taking down first and a few GPP. So it was overall, it wasn't like wow. I sat there and I'm paying off student loans with it. Uh, but profit is profit, and it was definitely a, a good return on my investment on that night overall.
0: That's right, and you know, <clears throat> just a real quick reminder to our listeners too. Just like Mike said, take those victories. You know, sometimes you're going to win really big, but what you want to avoid is losing really big. So I recommend never playing more than ten to fifteen percent of your entire payroll that you have on uh, in your accounts, whichever sites you play, <clears throat> even on on your top slate because anything can go wrong, a twisted ankle or whatever, just like, uh, uh, you know, yesterday was. uh, You want to make this, you know, uh, a marathon, not a sprint. And and win, you know, very patiently each day. Hit those cash games where you can double up a lot of 50-50s. Keep building the bankroll. Then pick your spots. Take those GPP shots. Do it, you know, sensibly. You can go for those big wins, but again, big wins are great. We're not going to allow any big losses and then you just keep building it. And that's, that comes from, from both of Mike and I, and we talked about this season, you know, if you want to win long-term and we've both done that for uh, four years now is you've got to, you know, you got to know how to play them and you got to be smart with your play. So let's, let's get this thing started so that we get it out before the games actually start. (laughs) It is actually 10 AM. Uh, and I just pulled um, all the information I'm going over, uh, in these game breakdowns is fresh news, the up-to-date game lines, totals, defensive efficiency rankings, pace rankings, uh, and all of the player news as well. So, Uh, Game one is the showdown uh, game. It's the only standalone 5 p.m. Eastern game. It's the Memphis Grizzlies at the Denver Nuggets. And you've got both teams on the first half of a back-to-back. That's going to be big news throughout the day and the theme of the day. Because there's so many teams, a lot of teams are either on the second half or the first half of a back-to-back, which always creates about, I'd say, 33% more need to dig into the game because you may have player restrictions. You may have uh, minutes restrictions. There may be a lot of stuff uh, that you have to really stay attuned to, and we're following that very closely as well. Um, uh, Right now, the uh, Denver Nuggets are a nine-point favorite at home. The uh, over-under is 217, so fairly low. And you've got uh, pace-wise Memphis 7th. They're still playing quick. And Denver 2nd to last. Uh, therefore, that's why the, the low total. Defensively, it's sort of flipped. <clears throat> Excuse me. Memphis is 25th. Denver's all the way up to 2nd best defensive team uh, in the league. So that's to take note. The only injury I have listed right now is Paul Millsap is questionable and uh that we just have to wait to get more news on he is listed as 50 50 right now so how do you see this game breaking out mike
1: um so it's gonna work in two ways for me it's a complete game script game the first time these teams faced off during the regular season um earlier this season i mean uh they had all their starters and the nuggets blew them out by 17 points Uh, It was 131 to 114. So there was still a lot of scoring in there. Uh, From what I was reading up on Millsap is that he's going to be considered a game time decision. So we're really going to have to monitor that, uh, that news closely because with him out, it opens up a ton of value. Um, that we could look at so i'm going to give this to you in two different ways you know the scenario if it stays close and the scenario if it goes out of hand so then if you have a direction on which way you want to take your stand on it um, hopefully you could take some of the aspects i'm I'm mentioning uh, and use those for however you're building so if a game stays close we obviously on the nugget side of the ball we have to look at uh jokic and murray those would be my two top options and then i think jeremy grant if bill saps out obviously he'll play Uh, a good amount of minutes in that role and he's a fair price tag. Murray burned these guys. Pete still managed 31 minutes even with the blowout. Uh, We know Morant's defense is pretty poor and then Jokic has just been in a much better form. When these two teams met up uh, earlier in the season, he was on route to a triple double, but he only played 26 minutes and we know he's in much better form than when they played uh, earlier in the season, maybe, you know, more in game shape. So those would be the three primary targets I'm looking at in the Nuggets side of the ball if this game stays close and if it gets out of hand, I think we can still look at Grant if Millsap's out Uh, even if he ends up playing 24 25 minutes. That's enough for Grant to rack up you know, a couple steals, a couple blocks, a couple boards. He does it in a lot of different ways. Um, right. And then I also want to look at guys like uh, Monte Morris. Uh, you know he'll get good run if this game gets out of hand. He played 19 minutes in the blowout last time. And then I think that we could probably see a guy like Michael Porter Jr. even squeeze out a good 15 to 20 minutes, and he's a very good point-per-minute producer. So uh, Those are the guys I'd be looking at on the Denver side of the ball if the game gets out of hand. Um, okay. And then we'll slide over to Memphis Uh, Memphis is a little bit of a different story. I like their bench guards a lot more and their bench players a lot more because they, they actually capitalized uh, in this last time from the usage. I think guys like Melton and Clark will see good run if this game gets out of hand, and I have no yeah. problem like looking at either one of those guys. And then I don't even mind looking at Jonas Valachunas if you're game scripting this to get out of hand because he's a point-per-minute guy. He double-doubled, went 16-10 and 10 against them in 24 minutes, even with the game out of hand last time. And if it stays close, it's even better because you know they're going to need his size uh, going against Jokic. Jokic is not a small dude. He's very, very wide-bodied. I think you've mentioned that several times. Uh, (laughs) And that's probably where I'm going to go. You know, Jaron Jackson Jr., he's been phenomenal. If Millsap's out, I like the matchup a little bit better. But I'm not going to be playing Morant or Brooks or any of the starting guards just because I know that Gary Harris defense is pretty locked down.
0: No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, this this is a tough game. I'm going to go very light on it. Uh, I would follow that Millsap news right up until, uh, you know, 30 minutes before, because as Mike mentioned, uh, you know, he has a knee contusion and it says he's going to be literally a a game time decision, but they have to announce that 30 minutes before. So, uh, you know, if he's out, I, I put Grant in there just because he's such a value play to help make that, that roster work. Um, I'm with you on the Murray bandwagon. I think, uh, this is the kind of team he really gets uh, hot because he gets a little extra space to shoot the ball. So Murray and uh, the Joker are two of my favorite plays, so I agree with you there. I think you could make either one of those guys uh, your captain. I think uh, Murray's – or I mean uh, the Joker's probably going to be the captain on most teams, so you can you can go that way if you like. Um you know, really, other than that, it's it's such a tough game to to choose because uh, both teams are, are somewhat equal uh, guarding each position. Um, I would say on the Memphis side, I'm not uh, really high on Jaw in this game for his price. I think you're you're better served uh, either going with uh, Triple J or Joe Val inside. Uh, even though the Joker does a good job on the glass, uh, posing centers do score uh, against him. So, I, you know, I try to build a, a big guy lineup as much as you can uh, with Jamal Murray being sort of the lone guard in the mix. And, uh, again, follow that news on Millsap because that will be important as well. Uh, but that sounds good. Anything else on that game?
1: No, and just, uh, actually, yeah, I, I said no, and then I, I continued talking. So <laughs> I'll, I'll say, yeah. Um, uh, I another factor. I'm I'm probably leaning more towards this game just getting out of hand, just simply because, like you said, back-to-backs are going to be taken into account. Uh, this yeah. game is going to be played in Denver. We saw the blowout happen already. I think that at the end of the day, uh, Denver's got one of the deepest teams uh, in the NBA when we, when we just talk about actual depth, and that's kind of how they blew this uh, Memphis team out last time. The starters were hanging in, but when we look at like the start of the second quarter, that's where they, you know, the second quarter Denver outscored uh, the Grizzlies by 24 points, and then we look. Look at the closing quarter. A lot of the garbage time minutes, they outscored them by 11 there as well. So I, I, wow. I'm just kind of touch it on it, and I think you know the more I look at it, the more I kind of just like the way that these second units are playing, and you know just exposing yourself to the right ones can not only separate you from the pack as far as ownership, uh, but when you're just looking at a point per minute basis, a lot of these guys in the second unit are good point per minute guys, and if they're splitting minutes 24, 25 with those bench guys, you're going to not only be able to pay up on the expensive guys who we know are point per minute guys, but get the cheap guys who are ones too.
0: You know, I agree with you. My last comment will be I'm sort of game scripting as Denver is going to win this one pretty easy as well. So I think what it really comes down to, you need to have sort of half the lineup. You know, you only get five or six guys, depending on which site you play on, sort of half the lineup, you know, the three guys that get you to that blowout, like Joker and Murray and whoever, however you want to spin that, or if Grant's in there because of the, the Millsap sitting, if he does, and then uh, figuring out those bench guys, just like Mike said, if it's a Beasley or a Morris or a Solomon Hill or whatever, you know, the combination of the, uh, the guys that get the big lead and then the guys that are coming in uh, at the end to sort of mop up for the fourth quarter and then some that really could get you over the top. Absolutely. I think, they, think you just said it perfectly. All right, man, here we go. 13-game main slate. Big, giant uh, uh, tournaments all over the place. Great card. You got all the college football guys uh, today with all the bowls. Uh, They'll be throwing some fish money into the pot, making it even sweeter for us. So let's get this cracking. The first game, 7 p.m., Toronto uh, is at Boston. Uh, Boston is favored by 6.5. It's a 7 p.m. game. And the over-under is 217, so sort of middle of the road. Uh, A little low, and you've got uh, two different things here. Toronto is the first half of a back-to-back. Boston's on the second half of a back-to-back. So it is in Boston, though. uh, They are 6.5-point favorites, which is quite quite a big favorite over Toronto. Toronto's been solid uh, with... With hanging with teams. Um, from a pace standpoint, Toronto is a little bit above normal at 12th. Boston is down at 22. And then here's the key situation, which makes this, as much as I like this game, uh, you know, makes me a little wary of playing it is you've got Toronto, uh, the mo- uh, fifth most defensive efficient team in the league and Boston all the way up to third. So, uh, you know, Good defense on both sides, some talented players on both sides, both teams dealing with back-to-backs and somewhat of a low over-under. So what do you think, man? Yeah, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. It's not a
1: game that you want to really overexpose yourself to, but I think there's still a couple, you know, one-off options who deserve some mention. Uh, Start with the away team in Toronto. Uh, The one guy I'm really looking at would be Fred Van Vliet. Uh, He's back. He's playing big minutes again. Uh, The usage is there for him. 7,500. He's more than fair price tag. I have no problem paying that. And they, these teams just faced off on Christmas, and Van Vliet burned them for 48 DK points. Uh, over 40 and three out of the past four, two of those almost touching 50. Um, no problem looking at Van Vliet. And then on the uh, on the Boston side of the ball, it's kind of a crapshoot. But at this point, I got to kind of have some blind faith in Jalen Brown, and the price tag just seems a little too cheap for him. Uh, he's yeah. just getting it done. I, I, you know, He's, he's it, on fire. He's absolutely on fire, and I'm willing to take a shot uh, in a couple lineups, um, just on the fact that he's playing so well, he's taking control of a lot of Kemba Walker's usage, uh, and simply it's it's just strike while the iron's hot. Um, I'm not going to you know knock you if you don't want to play him because they do have a lot of ways to spread that usage out between Hayward, Tatum, and Kemba. Where it wouldn't shock me to see two out of four guys get over forty points every single night, and it's really hard to try to peg those guys. So it'd be more yeah. of a tournament type thing. I wouldn't I wouldn't really be playing him in cash.
0: Correct. Correct. Um, You know, one question I have for you here Marcus Smart. um, I didn't mention him because I was hoping there'd be updated news. Um, He missed uh, yesterday's game and he was listed as questionable with that eye infection still. And that makes a big difference for me in this game. Do you see any other? uh marcus smart news
1: yeah i mean even if he plays they they mentioned that his minutes will be restricted when he comes back so um, he's not a guy that i'd even be looking at and i don't expect him to impact any of the major key guys as far as uh jalen brown hayward and tatum and walker too much it'd be more affecting the the bench guys like wanamaker and langford
0: okay okay good yeah because i'm uh i am not seeing anything listed uh, updated on him and everybody else is updated. So that's sort of odd. But uh, the reason I, I bring that up, because that makes a difference for me. I mean, if if I play a guy or two in this game, first of all, I think it's going to be a little contrarian because, you know, people are going to see the defense here and not stack this game or anything. But, you know, like Mike said, Jalen Brown is just in a zone. He is playing great. Uh, Fred Van Bleed is as well. And then how can you, you know, just not consider... Uh, either point guard, you know, Lowry and Walker are both playing fantastic basketball. Um, you know, I think all four of those guys are in play. And you know, I would like to use one or two of those guys uh, just because of the quality of of the way they're playing and the fact that I think this game can stay close. And you know, if we see good a good four quarters, Uh, you know, these guys can do very well. We know Toronto's bench is not deep, uh, and Boston's rotation, you know, has uh, been a little bit more protected, a little bit smaller than it has been in the past. So, you know, watch the smart news just to see uh, up until Locke if he's going to play. And uh, I think you got to consider those four guards, uh, in this game and not be afraid to put a couple of them, uh, on your team, specifically in cash, because, you know, Kemba, uh, and even Tatum, certainly, um, Lowry Van Vliet, um, and Jalen Brown, those five guys all have very high floors and, uh, you know, depending on if you get them on the right day. They also have big ceilings. So I'm going to go to this game a little bit, Mike.
1: Yeah, I don't knock you. And I, another reason why I'm kind of leaning towards Jalen Brown over these other wing guys that we've mentioned that have plenty of upside, is just because if we think of the strong suit of where the Toronto's defense currently is, uh, OG is still a very capable and good wing defender. Rondé Hollis yeah. Jefferson offers some length and size. He's a very good wing defender. Um, those two guys, you know, if we're thinking about you know going into him, anybody having, I guess, a difficult matchup, it would be you know Gordon Hayward and Tatum going against those two guys, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And and that's why I, I think that Walker and, and Brown are the better plays there. So, yeah, definitely. So get some, get some Toronto-Boston action going uh, right in that first game. Get on that leaderboard. Uh, take a quick uh, screenshot with you in the top ten. You, you know, it makes you feel good for nothing else. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, man. Game two, another 7 o'clock game. Indiana Pacers at the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, You've got uh, Indiana just played a very close game yesterday, so they're on a second game of a back-to-back. The Pelicans are on the first game of a back-to-back. You've got two completely opposite style teams here. Indiana's 24th in pace. Uh, They're doing a good job setting it up and getting it in a Sabonis or Turner or getting a Uh, penetration shot or mid-range shot from Warren and Lamb. Uh, You know, the big thing is Brogdon uh, missed yesterday's game uh, and did not play, but I do not see him on the uh, board today. So I assume that he's going to be in, uh, but keep keep your eye on that one. Um, They are a one-point favorite. Uh, which doesn't seem like that much of a favor, really, as well as they're playing. But it is at New Orleans. Um, That total, by the way, is 219, so not too bad there. And New Orleans is fifth in pace, so you know they're going to push the ball. Defensively, Indiana's eighth right now, which is very good. Uh, Pelicans, on the other hand, 24th. They have not been uh, doing a good job. On the defensive side throughout the year. So interesting game, super low spread, you know, average over under. Uh, Are you going to be on this game? Yeah,
1: there's a few guys I'll be looking at. So, uh, yeah, like you said, the Brogdon news, it seems as though he's not on the injury report. Um, You know, we may get a a one o'clock update. Uh, The injury report comes out at one thirty again this morning. So we'll find out in a few hours if he's going to be on that one. I think that one would be a little bit more telltale. Uh, missing two games and then just being completely off the injury report, not even questionable, anything like that seems a little uh, fishy, especially with the spread that you mentioned, it being uh, only a you know one-point spread. Yeah. So uh, that kind of me- has me leaning more towards the fact that he's going to pop back up on it. And if he's out, I think we could take a look at Aaron Holiday again. He's just been playing great with the starters' minutes. He's 5700 I think it's a fair price tag. Um, you know, it's a little bit of Holiday versus Holiday action. So we might even see his brother guard him, and that's the one thing all that All three guys me. are going to be yeah. in there.
0: Yeah, that is cool.
1: It's Happy Holiday. So uh, yeah. that's that's definitely something that, that kind of intrigues me. It uh, gives me a little bit of a narrative to kind of boost uh, all the Holiday brothers maybe a little bit. Uh, but you know, if Drew's on his brother, it's gonna be a tough night for him all night long. So uh, keep your eye on that and you know take it with a little bit of a grain of salt. But I also think that we could look at Jeremy Lamb. Uh, I think he's a guy that could take advantage of this pace in this matchup. 4900 is more than a fair price. If Brogdon sits, he sees a little bump in usage and you know his minutes seem to back, be back up. He played uh, 30 and 35 in the last two games and over those games. Yeah. Um, he's taking some decent shot at him. So I, I don't mind looking at him, probably more of a cash game play. Uh, but, you know, he does have some a little bit of tournament appeal. And uh, then sliding over to New Orleans, I, I think that there is some value to be had. If Lonzo Ball is going to start again and uh, play big minutes like he did in the last game, uh, you know, yeah. 36 minutes, I have no problem going to him at 5200 uh, That's more than a fair price tag. We're not expect you know, Indiana's defense is, is very good, uh, but we're not expecting him to score a ton. We're, we're looking for more of those volume counting stats, a couple steals, and then any scoring is just a bonus at that price tag. So no problem going to him if we hear that he's going to be starting and then i think i'm gonna take a like i said a little look at the holiday brothers and Derek favors has been playing well um yeah his minutes yeah. are back up there 30 in the past two games 6500 it, it's it leaves me like questioning it it's a little bit more i'd like him more in that like low sixes 6162 but yeah. i want to mention him because he's been playing so well uh but he's gonna be getting some miles turner defense so maybe just tournaments maybe not much of a cash gameplay
0: yeah that that you know the fact that i paid 44 for favors and now he's 62 i mean that's that hurts but uh he has been playing better you're right yeah it's i i want to know what's the over under on how many times we're going to see the three holiday brothers all changing jerseys at the end of the game standing there taking a picture on sports center and twitter and it's going to be like 9 million times. I'm just telling you. Oh, it's locked in. <clears throat> it's, yeah, it's going to get crazy. But Drew is the biggest brother of the three. He's the oldest. So usually the big brother bullies the uh, younger ones a little bit. So um, if, you know, if for some reason something pops up that Brogdon isn't going to play, which I don't see anything saying that right now, I think Drew Holiday is a very good play, actually. I, I think that. Uh, you know, he uh, he certainly knows how to play against his brother and, and whatever else uh, they throw at him, and he's been getting uh, huge minutes, so I like him in there. Um, I do respect uh, the Indiana's uh, wing defense, so I'm n- I'm not sure on the Ingram play just because he's so expensive, and you got to really be careful of, of who you're spending up on with all of these options for sure. Um, on the Indiana side of the ball though I really like Sabonis. I think um, he's had a few just so-so games but uh, I think he steps up in this game and can really do some damage. I could see an easy you know 15, 16 rebounds and you know good 20 points which would make him you know a, a very good play uh, at his price which is a little high but I think he deserves it. And so, you know, this game I'm looking, Drew, if Brogdon sits, uh, and then going to go Sabonis on the other side. I'm not going to chase any of the Indiana holiday money, but, uh, you know, I think you've got a couple of good choices here. And you can even find some value if you're rounding out a roster, you know, and you're looking for, you know, a last guy in kind of thing. Um, with a T.J. Warren, Jeremy Lamb, um, and like you said on the New Orleans side, Alonzo Ball or Josh Hart uh, or Derek Favors. Those guys all have at least prices that are palatable. So that's where I stand on that one.
1: Yeah, I don't knock you for the Sabonis call either. I mean, I always I always touch on him. He's Mr. Consistent. Um, I think he might be a little more sight dependent. I know on DK8500, we have a lot of other games and forwards that we going yeah. to get to. Um, but I'm not going to knock you. At the end of the day, that price tag with all these games available will probably give him fairly low ownership. I wouldn't expect it to be over, you know, 8% at
0: yeah. most. Yeah, well, I, yeah, he'll probably be. You know, I mean, and the thing with this many games is you're not going to have a whole lot of guys with giant ownership. I mean, you're going to have your regular guys, you know, like, uh, you know, a, a Giannis or a Harden that's going to get always get ownership or LeBron and Davis. But other than that... It's going to be so spread out. That's what's so advantageous about this and, and gives us, you know, a good shot at it. So, um, you know, look through, pick your spots. Uh, there's, I think a lot of people, very few people I think will go stars and scrubs. I think you'll get a lot more people today spreading it out a little bit because there are so many good uh, other options and there's so much you got to read into with every game. You know, usually... We have this slate, maybe five, six games, maybe one or two teams on a back-to-back, you know, and there's just, you can dig in in each game, you can talk about the price of each guy on each site, because like you just mentioned, Sabonis is is a really good play on some of the sites, and and not a very good value play on others, so, you know, we don't have time, obviously, to go through, uh, you know, DraftKings, Fantasy Draft, um, FanDuel, and yahoo pricing with all these games with each player or we would be here until game time so but just be cognizant of that and look at the different prices and and don't here's a mistake a lot of people make too they plug they, they pick their guys and say okay i'm sold on these guys and if they're playing multiple sites they just plug those guys in like on all the sites you have it really has to be site specific based on how they award points and what the pricing is, because if a guy's 1500 or $2,000 difference, you've got to pivot. So have those pivots ready when you build those lineups. And that's both in cash and GPP. So make sure you do that. Um, all right, game three on the main slate is an 8 p.m. game. It's the Philadelphia 76ers at the Miami Heat. Second game of a back-to-back for both teams. They both played very uh, hotly contested games yesterday. This is the lowest over-under on the entire slate at 213 and a half. Miami is favored by one. Um, team Pace 18th and 20th, respectively. Both teams are in the top 10 defensively, with Philly 7th and Miami 10th. So uh, there is no news on any of the guys like Joel sitting or anybody else uh, at this point at 10.22 uh, a.m. the day of. So follow that news when it breaks this afternoon if anybody's sitting on either side. But we will break this game down as if everybody's playing. So what do you think, Mike?
1: This isn't a game I'm all over as a whole. I mean, two really solid defenses. We've seen these two teams play several times already this season. Generally, they're closely contested, but, um, you know, I'll start with the Philly side, and everybody's healthy. Everybody's priced accordingly. I mean, Joel Embiid's always an option. Ever since Charles Barkley and Shaq have called him out, he's been a lot more aggressive, and you know that there's going to be that little animosity with Butler on the other side, maybe joking around. Who knows? Um so he'd probably be the only guy I have re- any like you know real interest in on uh, the Philly side, and even then I'm not gonna be going to him too much. And then mm-hmm. uh, the Miami side of the ball, it's it's almost the same thing. I I, I have interest in one guy, and it's Drogic, uh, fifty one hundred. Yeah. He's been playing very well. The minutes have been there. Butler has struggled in the matchups already, and it's probably by no surprise. Uh, Philly's got a lot of options to throw his way. And it's just, they're going to need a scoring off of the bench. So I have no problem looking at Drogic at 5,100. I think he's a solid value. Uh, Bam, price down compared to what he, he, you know, he has been. Um, 8,100 is fair on DK. But the matchup's tough, and I'm just not going to go there. I just don't think it's worth it on a 13-game main slate.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. And, you know, I love this game. I want to watch this game. But I don't know if I'm going to roster anybody. I mean, it's just, I think it's going to be such a hotly contested game um, you know, I, I don't know if you know, but Butler and Embiid are actually really good buddies. So I don't think there'll be any animosity on those two to play any harder. But, uh, you know, there, I know there is still some animosity between some of the players and coaches. But I would say this game with, the, you know, with being such a low total, with both teams probably using their bench a little more than normal because they're just coming off. Single point uh, to games from yesterday. Uh, it's just it's a scary game. I don't think you can spend huge money on the Embeds and Butlers in this game, or or even the Bams or Tobias's as much as I'd like to. Uh, you know, it's just so risky because with the rotation, with the good defense, and you know the potential of of a low floor. Uh, you know that crushes you on a big slate like this. If you take a guy that's 9-4 or 9-8 and he gives you 25 DFS points, you're in big trouble. So uh, my best advice on this one is uh, fade, uh, but watch the news just in case somebody pops up uh, that uh, sits because that could shuffle things and make it a little bit different. Good call. All right, man. We go on to another 8 p.m. game. It is two stellar teams. I think, Mike, you had these two teams as possibly two of your favorites to win the whole NBA championship. Uh, It is the New York Knicks at the Washington Wizards.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, totally. uh, I'd probably be making a million trillion dollars off that bet if I put a buck on it.
0: There you go. Uh, Well, it's the second highest total of the day it's the and it's a close spread would you believe me if i told you the new york knicks were a road favorite they are they are favored by one at washington and i think mainly that is i i believe vegas is saying beal's not going to play he's questionable and it says on here right now he's listed as 50 50 but that's i mean there's just no way the knicks should be favored against anybody Except, I guess, Washington without Beal. That would make sense. Um, you've got, uh, again, Knicks by one, 230 and a half is the over-under. Pace-wise, Knicks are 26, but they seem to be playing just a little bit more zip uh, since Fisdale left. Washington is third. We know they get up and down the court. And then you've got these two mountains of defense, Knicks third-worst Washington, the worst defense in the league. So there's going to be DFS points aplenty in this game. The question is, where do you land? Uh, we know that Smith Jr. is out for the Knicks. Mitch Robb is questionable, so he might not play. He has him listed as 50-50 right now. For Washington, uh, we know Moore and Bryant remained out. And the big news, obviously, is Beal. He's questionable. So, you know, I don't know how we break this game out without knowing the Beal news. Uh, but I'll let you go ahead and try. And I'll give you my two cents worth uh, with Beal in and with Beal out as well. Yeah, sure. So
1: I'm, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards him actually sitting this game. Just like you said, the Vegas line. He actually went for an MRI. Um, you know, that's just is a sign that, you know, it's actually really bothering him. Uh, maybe it's, you know, it's not severe or anything like that. But it just makes sense. At the end of the day, it's it's the, the, the Knicks. Why not give him a night off? So, yeah. um, with him out, I'm, and that's kind of the approach I'm taking, I, I think that we could definitely just, you know, if he's out, I'm, I'm almost loading up on Gary Payton. Uh, it's it's just hard not to like what this kid's done in the two games that he's yeah. already been playing. 30-plus uh, minutes in both games, he, he's getting... All the ancillary stats, whether it's rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. He's doing a little bit of everything. Um, so I think with Beal out, he should definitely see a ton more usage. Um, and I totally feel probably like okay paying that $5,600 price tag. I'd also look towards Troy Brown Jr. if he's out. Both these guys are going to absorb massive usage and should get all the shot attempts and as many as they'd like. Um, and those would probably be my, the two main options I'm looking at at the Washington side of the ball. If Beal plays, yeah. I'm not going to be playing. him just because he's, you know, coming in here with an injury, he's priced up. It's a great matchup, but I think there's so many other options that we could go to on this slate. So I wouldn't be playing Beal. And then I would probably limit my ownership in Gary Payton if Beal does play. Uh, and it's only because that, you know, Isaiah Thomas is now should be back from his suspension. That's going to definitely cut into uh, a little bit of Payton's time. So for all those factors, um, That's probably all I'm really looking at. And then uh, on the Knicks side of the ball, I think we have a few options. I mean, obviously this Washington defense is the worst in the NBA, and these are the types of matchups I like to target R.J. Barrett in. Uh, These up-and-down pace games where we know that there's just going to be zero defense played on either side. Another example, I like to target him against the Hawks. I like to target him against Golden State. Uh, And the Wizards fall right into that category. So I have no problem looking at him. And the same thing can be said for Marcus Morris. He's back. He's playing 30-plus minutes. He's been great for the Knicks all season long, and this is just a fantastic matchup matchup for him the price tag is fair at 6k and it leaves a little juice left on the bone that we can look at the upside um and then i think you know julius is just straight rolling uh 7200 perfectly fair price tag no problem going to him uh alfred payton at 65 there is some upside in him i think a lot of people are going to go that way especially with dennis but jr out uh he played well over the past few games it's a fantastic matchup so i'm not going to knock you if you want to go there but there's just so many right. other point guards i like at the uh, on this slate where i think i'm going to limit my exposure to the other positions uh that i find a little harder to uh to fill
0: i got you yeah this man this game is is so hard to figure out dude i mean there's so many new guys in the mix there's you know it, it i don't see any da- uh, davis bertans news either um he's missed multiple games but i don't see him on the injury report do you have any Bertrand's news
1: yeah so it's going to be up i think there was an update a few days ago if i'm not mistaken saying he's going to miss another week um so i i just think that like i said okay i'm looking at i just found it right right
0: here yes he's going to miss more than a week so he's out so we also lose him so gosh man who who is going to score for washington if let's just look at it two ways real quick Beal sits I mean, if Beal sits, you've got to look at Gary Payton. you got to think about Isaiah Thomas. Troy Brown Jr. has to be thought of. And then, you know, what about the new guys? Jonathan Williams, super, uh, you know, cheap play. Uh, Osnez Pasterness, also known as A.P., how about that pronunciation? Worked on that one for a while. <laughs> then you have, you know, Admiral Schofield's been playing. It's just uh, Ian Mahimi. What a nightmare, dude. I mean, I don't even know what to either where to begin. I just, you know, if Beal sits, I think you got to look at this and, and choose who you think is going to benefit the most, whether it be a Troy Brown Jr. could be a very sharp play. Uh, maybe Isaiah is a sharp play. I mean, he, you know, uh, he's sat a couple of games. You know, he's going to get, if Beal doesn't play, you know, he's going to shoot the ball probably 20 times. So that might be a, a strong play. Uh, I do love a guy in this game, though. He's one of my foundational pieces today. How about that? I really think you have to play Julius Randle. I, I just don't see how you don't play him. What do you What do you think of that call?
1: I I mean it makes a ton of sense uh, in cash and GPPs. I don't I wouldn't call them. A, nobody's really a must play in GPP, but you're a cash game guy, guy coach, and right. I mean, I'm thinking with that same mentality, 7200. We pretty much know his floor is gonna be at least 30 to 35 points, and yeah, he's an upside type of game. It's it's this kind of game, so I have no problem going to Randall.
0: I mean, I I see him 50 to 60 fantasy points at his price tag, if this game stays close like it's supposed to. Because you know, I saw that little bit of fire in the last Knicks game, where he's got that "Get out of my way! I'm gonna score! I'm going to the hoop! I know I'm gonna get about three charges today, but that's fine. I'm gonna, I'm going, and I'm gonna knock you over. I'm gonna get the rebound, even if you're on my own team. Get out of my way! I'm getting the ball. So, I mean, when he gets that DFS champion look, like he wants to score points. Uh, I just I, I love when he plays like that. And with Mitch Rob being questionable, I think you know either even if he plays, he may be limited. They'll play a little Portis and this and that. But that even opens it up more inside for more rebounds for Randall. They did go small and play Randall uh, at the five a little bit in the last game. So anyway, that's that's my smart play on that side. I also like Elf here a lot because he's going to get some Isaiah Thomas defense, which, you know... What uh, does he
1: get? The Gary Payton junior a defense? Mini, the
0: mini-glove? The mini-glove, mini exactly. Yeah, I think, well, Payton's won the job with the Knicks. I believe Isaiah will start. I really do, because I don't think they're going to penalize him. I think he gets the start. I think he starts
1: with Payton, to be honest. That's that's kind of the approach I would take. I would think that Payton starts alongside of well, Isaiah Well, then
0: Payton will guard... Uh, RJ Baird or whoever the two is for the Knicks or Damian Dotson, I would think I would anyway, my, my game script, I have Isaiah starting out on Peyton. That's why uh, Peyton is on my list and he's still pretty uh, inexpensive uh, for the minutes he's getting. So, you know, I just, it's Washington. It's the, it's the second highest total. They don't defend their best. A lot of their best players are out. I mean I I don't think you can have a winning lineup without at least two nicks. So I think you got to find your way to build and I don't even think three nicks is too many as crazy as that sounds dude on a on a 14 game slate. So, not, that's, not at all, that, dude. I think this, yeah. game, this game could go to overtime with this
1: two garbage dumpster fire teams. I could see this, I think, 138 to 134 after an overtime or something like that. It's got all the makings to be one of those games. So, I have no problem, Craziest. even if you want to stack up on it. Um, get like all these cheap plays and you know for reference Troy Brown Jr. has a 29.6 usage percentage with Beal off the floor I know uh, this season so he's kind of the one that will probably benefit the most in that if Beal's out you know even with all the guards returning he's still going to see 35 minutes Payton there's a little bit less uh guarantees with just now that they have several other point guards McCray's back Smith's back and uh Isaiah Thomas is back so um you know keep that in mind and I think he would probably be my favorite wizard if they sit
0: uh, let me put it to you this way. Uh, I'm going to have uh, probably three cash lineups today, just because of the multitude of options. And one of those is going to be a stack from this game. And I'm going to have Jordan McRae, uh, a Troy Brown, Jr. Alfred Payton and uh, Julius Randall. So just to give you a little feel for how much I like that game. And, you know, DFS is the funniest thing in the world, man. We, 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 Gloss over Philly, Miami, two teams that could win the East and go to the finals, one-point games, and nobody wants to play anybody. Then we get to Knicks, Washington, and we're all over it. <laughs> yeah, Everybody's, it's, it's going to be a nail-biter. <laughs> it's so funny, man. All right, let's keep rocking. Eight, another 8 o'clock game. We've got Atlanta at Chicago. Obviously, the bad news with Trey Young, uh, going to be out quite a while with that ankle. That devastates Atlanta. I don't know if it's gonna um, be
1: quite a while, Coach. I mean, just looking at how he recovered from the the other one earlier in the season looked a lot worse. Uh and he's already talking saying he's gonna take the same the same approach and he's gonna just keep doing what he did last time to work his way back.
0: Um what I read here, let's see here. Um he's not even gonna join the team. He's gonna go get it looked at by another doc uh doctor. And I don't know. I mean, I, I, I sense this is going to be a, a two, three week thing like, like Lucas. But the bottom line is we're in DFS, so we don't give a damn about anything. <laughs> but today, and I can tell you, he's not even going to be on their bench today uh, in, war, in close. So uh, no Trey Young. Certainly opens things up for, uh, you know, some of the other guys on the team. Um, on the Chicago side, we've got Markin listed as questionable. That's big news and then Levine and Carter are both probable also big news but they'll probably play uh, hence the probable tag. Chicago's a big nine and a half point home favorite. I guess they saw Atlanta look like horse pucky in that last game um, and the over under this this is odd it's only 219. I, for an Atlanta game, that goes to show you how bad they think they are without Young out there. That'd probably been 229 uh, or 230 with Young in the game. So bizarre. But uh, from a pace standpoint, Atlanta's fourth and Chicago's 14th. So you would expect, uh, you know, maybe an overbed in this game is is uh, the sharp play because obviously Vegas set this line low uh, because of the trade Young news. Uh, and then defensively, we know Atlanta stinks. They're 28th in the league in defense. Chicago is ninth. I'll give them that. Um, but that's it, man. So, you know, we know we've got some injuries, uh, sort of an odd line. You know, what, what's your uh, breakdown here, brother?
1: Yeah, so I definitely think <clears throat> there's some there's some things to like here, uh, especially with Trey Young already rolled out and everything like you said. Um, I'm expecting Kevin Weirder to kind of take over a lot of those point guard duties. I think he's a fair price tag. Uh, Generally not looking to target uh, the Bulls, you know, with guards. But just knowing that he's going to get a little bit more of that usage with Trey Young out, should get plenty of shot attempts on top of the extra ball handling responsibilities. uh, No problem paying that, you know. Mid fives price tag. He's fifty four hundred on DK. Uh, and then mm-hmm. I think DeAndre Bembry. Uh, we should see some more of him. Uh, you know, he yeah. kind of goes away once everybody's healthy. But when people get hurt, he pops back into the rotation. And it's not like he just comes in and plays five or six minutes. He usually jumps into the rotation and plays a meaningful role of at least twenty. So I think at you know next to minimum salary on DK is thirty one hundred. Uh, he's definitely a value option that we could look at. And then John Collins, he's a little bit priced up, but we know the Bulls are pretty weak on the interior. Um, he's just going to get all the usage. This guy's going to go buck wild for, while Trae Young's out, kind of like we were seeing with Trey Young doing with him out. Uh, he's right. been playing well in the few games, uh, first few games since returning from suspension. And, uh, you know, he was on his route to a 50-point DK game if he could just hit a shot yesterday. He went 4-14 from the field. field. Still finished, like I said earlier, with 16 boards and three blocks, though. So uh, those would probably be my three main targets. And then, you know, if you want to take shots on the ancillary pieces, like as far as DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish, I have absolutely no problem going there as well. Uh, a lot of usage is going to get spread with Trey Young out. He was one of the league leaders. Yeah, no doubt. What about Chicago? Chicago, I think, is in a great spot, obviously. You're going against Atlanta Hawks. Um, my favorite two targets, I would say, would be, guards Uh, I'd be looking at Tomas Zanaransky at 6k he's been just rolling over the past few games looks like his floor is almost at like 35 DK points Um, just performing well he's getting you know 33 yeah. or more minutes in the past four games so i expect that to continue um, no problem looking at him and this is like one of those zach levine upside games that we can look at as well i mean 8200 he's always priced between 78 and 82 and it's just because he's got that massive usage and when we want to target that we're looking in the games where they're going to be pushing the tempo getting more shot attempts and that's kind of levine's game so i don't mind paying the 8200 there's plenty of options around that price tag but this is as good of a matchup as he's ever going to see
0: yeah, there's no doubt about it. And it's, he has a sore shoulder. That's why he's on the probable list, but, and Carter with a little bit of an abdomen uh, pull, but they're both supposed to play, you know, you, you do get great matchups against Atlanta, I guess, you know, it, as far as the Chicago guards go, it's all, it would have been better if young played cause you uh, have a, a worse defender to go against. But uh, now I can see that for sure. Uh, my question is, what is Atlanta going to do? And I just scoured everything here, as far as uh, are they going to start Kevin Herter at the one and and use Bembry, or are they going to start, uh, you know, uh, somebody else off the the bench like an Evan Turner and and keep Herter at the two? They also, you know, they have guys like Cam Reddish that can slide in there. I mean, I guess you got to follow the news and see, you know, who's going to step into that spot. Because I'm with you. When when Bembry plays, man, he plays his ass off. He plays hard, and he gets a lot of DFS points per minute. So if if you tell me Bembry's starting, he can get 25 to 30 minutes at his price. I think he's a great steal. Um, if Herder's going to get the starting point guard spot, then I think he's a great play. So, follow the news here. I think you, you want to dial up one of those guys on the Atlanta slot side, and, and like you said, Collins could explode in any game. He's uh, been playing very well uh, just in a short time back, uh, and looks like he's ready to go. But, you know, on the Chicago side, it's... Uh, Levine is so scoring dependent sometimes it scares me, but if marketing sits... Then, and he's 50 50 right now, then you have to play Levine. I don't think you can ignore it because that usage bump, a lot of it goes to Levine. And, you know, guys like Saturansky, uh become much more palatable. And even Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, becomes a better play. So, you know, I think depending on, you know, the marketing news and what that Atlanta lineup is going to look like. Uh, you can get a couple two get two maybe even three guys out of this game that'll be valuable even though the over under is suspiciously low
1: that's a good call. Um, I th- it's just it's just too poor, Steve. It's I, like you said earlier. It sounds crazy in DFS, but we want to target these bad teams. These are, these are what we're looking for. Uh, yeah. Another thing is with Atlanta, they're they're going to be missing a lot of bodies. Expect all these young guys to play. Um, it's either going to be Reddish or or Bembry starting, in my opinion. But they're both going to have good roles. And Jabari Parker's also ruled out. So there's just a lot going the way for the usage. And it's going to be spread around. Um, and I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you know three out of the four or five guys we just talked about. All have more than thirteen shot attempts. Yep,
0: yeah, Parker is ruled out. I don't, I didn't have him as out.
1: Uh, he was ruled out of the last game with a right shoulder impingement. Um, I mean, maybe that's just me saying it. I think I. I didn't. He's not. The injury report hasn't been updated yet. I'm considering him out. A right shoulder impingement injury isn't something that you usually want to mess with. He's a very injury-prone guy, um, and it just gives them the excuse to keep playing their young guys as much as they want. Well, I marked it on right
0: I marked it on my sheet and if he plays I'm going to impinge your shoulder.
1: <laughs> hey, you know what? If if he plays take a long look at him. This is that stupid narrative where he goes back to Chicago. I know. Chicago, burned that's us, why
0: though. I was concerned about it because that's you know he he always has his best games against them cuz he hates them. He but, struggled uh, in the last
1: one. He burned me in the last one I played that I know he did. Friday. So it's I'm I'm not, not going to be in that was with him playing with John Collins out that he burned us um True. And starting so it's like a lot there's a lot of different factors now um it's still there i mean it's a cheap price but i don't think i'll be going
0: there anyway uh, you just you can't let just one stinger hurt you okay it says here will not play friday um he took a massive minutes hit and only played 15 minutes uh with collins coming back so there you go even maybe that shoulder impingement hurts from sitting his butt on the wood bench the whole time. It doesn't look like he's a good play for the near future.
1: Yep, that's kind of where I was with him as well. It's just all the other factors are not the same as when he was traveling to Chicago as last time.
0: You're such a damn shark. What's the biggest shark in the ocean?
1: Great, uh, Great white? Uh, I think it's actually the whale shark coach, and it's a very docile creature. So what? I you know what? I I consider myself a nice whale shark, you know? I'm a I'm a pretty What the hell's a whale
0: shark? Are you sure you're not making that up? No, nah, man.
1: I think it's uh it's a it's a shark that's like the size of a whale. It's called a whale shark. Uh but it doesn't it's not really, you know, a carnivorous okay. creature. It mostly just eats like small little fish.
0: Well there is uh they do use the terminology whale in the sports betting industry as well. So We'll will you we'll combine the two, so from now on you're not just a shark, you're a whale shark, and I'll I'll post the emojis to make sure that uh, that we uh, put you in in that category. <laughs> I love it. I think I'm a hammerhead shark, uh, <laughs> for the record. So there you go. Yep. All right, we go to yet another eight o'clock game, and I do 4s We're we're like halfway through, dude. I'm serious. Um, this is the craziest slate I've ever seen. Okay, eight another eight o'clock game. It is Brooklyn at Houston. Uh, you've got Brooklyn uh, is let's see here where are we? Houston is a nine point favorite and it's a two thirty two half over under highest on the board uh, right now. We've got we still know that Lavert and Irving are out. Um, and on the Houston side, Capella is very doubtful. Uh, so I don't think he's playing. He's almost listed as out. We know Gordon's still out. Cephalosha is questionable. I know that doesn't sound like it means a lot, but if for some reason he's rolled in, it does, you know eat into some of those wings like rivers and different guys uh, as well. But you know, you've got the potential for a blowout for Houston. Uh, Brooklyn did not play yesterday. Nor do they play tomorrow. They're the one of the weirdest teams, so that's interesting. Houston's on the first game of a doubleheader, uh, or back to back. Westbrook plays in this game and then sits tomorrow, so they're going to have full team force there. Um, obviously, the two thirty-two and a half number uh, has to get your attention here, buddy. What do you like? Absolutely, that total's phenomenal,
1: and we talk about two of the highest upside guys in the game. Going against a team with pretty porous defense, so uh, James Harden, Westbrook, both those guys firmly in play for me. Um, you know, whatever way you want to go, I'm not going to knock it. I'm going to have exposure on both sides. It's just they're great spots. West uh, Harden's been you know having some of these down games as of late, I and mean, you just got to expect him to just come back with one of these smashers. First time they faced off, he only put up 52. Um, you know, maybe he has a better read on the defense this time, but I've absolutely no quorums going to him. Uh, and then I think the other option I'm going to be going to with With uh, Capel most likely not playing, is going to be PJ Tucker. A lot of people are going to go straight to Tyson Chandler and see like the minimum salary value player kind of guy. And you know what? I I I will say it's a center against the against Nets. So I'm not. Oh boy! I don't want to talk too bad about him. At the end of the day, a lot of the time we know his minutes are going to be limited when they try to go small and uh you know the nets are a team that have two very big centers that they can throw at him so you know i'm still going to kind of fade that especially cuz i'm a tournament player maybe maybe try cash games where uh you need a le- like a lower total in order to win but i just don't think the upsides there for him to necessarily play a tournament so I- i'd rather play a guy like pj tucker at 4500 hopefully they try to force the tempo <clears throat> throw him at center and just cause mismatches on the other end
0: yeah man this is just such a this is such a headache game for me because I'm not very confident in it, but, you know, I didn't mention, by the way, that the pace here, Brooklyn's ninth, Houston's second. So they're both super fast, as we know, and defensively they're 13th and 20th. So, you know, that's why it's the highest total. You've got Harden and Westbrook. I don't know, man. You know, I watch Westbrook. He puts up phenomenal numbers, but I'm telling you, the dude can't shoot at all. I think I could – I physically think I could beat him in horse – in uh, as long as he had to take outside shots, it, I'm telling you, if you watch him, he pulls the string. It's flat, and I—it just I, every time. Like today, I really want to roster him because he's going to sit tomorrow. They'll play extra minutes. He should be able to scorch through Brooklyn's defense. Uh, but I just—I hate the way he shoots the ball. So I don't know, man. Am I want, wrong wanting to play Westbrook? No,
1: not at all. I mean, he's in a good spot. And for for his shooting as far as a hole, his free throw shooting has actually been so much better. Lights out better this season over the past like yeah. month, month and a half as opposed to last season when he looked like he just lo- like forgot how to shoot free throws. Like he had the yips right, almost. Right. So, you know, I think the scoring's going to come. He's, he's asserted himself in the offense more lately. He's a fair price tag at 92. Like you said, you know he's going to go all out and he's not playing tomorrow. And I would expect a few extra rebounds to slide his way with Capella out as well.
0: That's, and that was my next point. You know, he, this is a perfect scenario for him to grab all those extra rebounds. Like, you know, Harden as well. You can make the same case for him for the extra rebounds. Um, you know, Dinwiddie's been an absolute monster, but you know, I think he gets Westbrook defense, which could slow him down a bit. And, uh, you know, there, there's some good guys you could take in this game, though, with this high of it over under that can make, you know, really make your slate. But uh, for me right now, you know, I, I'm probably leaning slightly to Westbrook, as crazy as that sounds, and I very seldom play him. Um, you know, I like the call on P.J. Tucker. Um, you know, on the Brooklyn side, though, I want to try to find – a little bit cheaper piece than Dinwiddie just because I think they're going to really run some doubles and stuff at him. Um, maybe a Joe Harris uh, or a Torian Prince or one of the secondary guys I think could step up. But, but uh, you know, I don't want to press it because we have so many games, but it is the highest over under with a great pace. And it is probably going to take a couple of guys from this game to, to be in your winning lineup.
1: Yeah, Joe Harris would be my favorite out of the bunch. He just, uh, you know, the spacing, they're going to need his spacing. They're going to need his three-point attempts. Uh, And he played well in the first time these two teams faced off. He scored 36 DK points. So he's probably my favorite option on the Nets as a whole.
0: I don't blame you. All right, for the millionth 8 o'clock start here, we have uh, Cleveland at Minnesota. Cleveland is on the second uh, half of a back-to-back. Um, Love had a really good game yesterday Uh, They are the 23rd pace Minnesota's 8th Cleveland Second to last in the league in defense Minnesota's fallen all the way To 19th Um, Minnesota like I said is a a 6.5 Point favorite It's a 222 total Which is respectable Um, And the news right now is Cat is questionable Uh, This uh, has them as 55th Play, um, but you know he's missed a couple of games in a row, which makes you really wonder if he's going to get out there. Um, so that that certainly is a big piece of this game because if he doesn't play, you know you've you got to look. I think at Wiggins uh, certainly being one of the guys. How about my bad my guy Shabazz Napier uh, getting us some starts? Uh, he's been playing uh, pretty well. Um you know, uh what do you think about this game, brother?
1: I I'd like to tell you I've been all over Napier now as of late. I've yeah. been jumping on him on the podcast, trying to scream him from the top of a rooftop. He's their starting point guard. Um and yeah. you know, he's getting priced up a little bit, but at forty six hundred, I have no problem going right back to him, knowing against how bad Cleveland's backcourt has been. Oh my god, I um, know. And he did everything that we expected last game, except for score. He shot one of seven. So, you know, Expect a better, you know, correlation um, or uh, what's the word I'm looking for here, Coach? Uh, law of averages, basically. He's going got he's to shoot better than one of seven on most nights, so yes. I have no problem going to him at 4600. You touched on Andrew Wiggins' phenomenal play, 7900. I guess there's a small narrative that the you know the Kevin Love and Wiggins being traded for each other uh, on these teams going back facing his old
0: team. That's digging pretty deep. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: Well, it's just a little bonus, I think, because at 7,900, yeah. it's like I've been touching <laughs> on him. Him and Ingram have been the same type of player basically all season long. And, you know, Ingram's price is going up and Wiggins isn't. So if Cats yeah. out, he should continue just to keep garnering all of that usage, taking all the shot attempts. There's nobody on this team that can really defend him. Um, yeah. I have no problem going to those two guys. I'll probably not play dang at 63. I wouldn't knock you if you did. He should see. Boy, what a minutes.
0: game he had. Holy cow. He's, he's been
1: playing great when he's been getting the minutes. It's, you know, now it's we're looking at 30-plus in three straight games. So it looks like he's got that job secured over there while that's out. So if you want to go there, I'm not going to knock you. Um, he's still in a great matchup. Tristan Thompson's not like an all-world defender, and neither is Kevin Love. So I think um, those would probably be my three main targets over on Minnesota, and then on Cleveland, I have no problem going to Kevin Love. He's been absolutely rolling. It is a back-to-back, uh, but 7,700 uh, against like you know, you know, not like Cats even very good on defense himself, but against a smaller frontcourt, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind looking at Kevin Love stretching the floor. He should be able to take advantage of Covington, um, and that's probably about it for me. I don't really feel the need to go to anybody else over here on Cleveland.
0: Yeah, you know, I I get the Kevin Love thing, and it's in his home spot there in Minnesota where he played all those years. But I just – I don't remember the last time. Uh, I'm going to look that up when we're going on to the next game that he was super efficient in back-to-back games. But uh, I – you know, and he's probably going to get Robert Covington defense, I would assume. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. That's a tough call. Last, I, last
1: time he played on a back-to-back uh, was on the 11th and 12th of December. It was Houston-San Antonio. He played 32 minutes in the first half, front half, and 39 in the back half. He shot 57% in the first game and shot 46% on 24 shot attempts in the second game. So. Not bad. It's there not bad. I'm go. not really scared of the back to back whatsoever. I think it's gonna be just a great matchup. He's a safe cash play. Uh but the way he's been rolling, like you said, they're trading him at some point. He's oh yeah. They already showcased Clarkson. We hit the nail on the head with that one. Um yep. and then now it's just time to get rid of Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson.
0: Well, I think you gotta definitely consider him, and I and, and thanks for looking that up qu- uh, quicker than me. Uh that is definitely, you know, promising. You gotta consider him. Um, I, I absolutely love the Wiggins play. I think on a, on a site like Fanduel where you have two point guards, I think I'll play Napier on that one as well. Uh, I'm not sure I will with just the one point guard sites, but, uh, you know, again, it's, it's all dependable on cat. If, if cat plays, uh, you know, we have to see first of all, if he's on a limits restriction, minutes uh, I mean uh, if he's on a restriction there, then you know it sort of jumbles up everything uh, in that game. Uh, and then Jang if if cat sits, you know, Jang has done nothing to to not roster him. I mean he's been fantastic. so you know I, I'm hoping cat sits and I may you know I may have three three guys from this game uh, between Minnesota and Cleveland. if cat plays, uh, you know, I may go zero. So it's it's that much dependent, at least for me, on, on that news. I'll be I'll be still interested. The only person that Cat's going to take out of
1: play for me is Dang. Um, Napier's pretty much got that role locked in of at least 20 to 28 minutes starting point guard. That's not going to touch him. And then Wiggins was playing well alongside of Cat all season long, and I wouldn't just expect him to get thrown into 38, 39 minutes like he's normally used to playing. Uh They might limit him a little bit. So, I, I mean – I still have fair interest with those two guys, regardless of the news.
0: All right, man. Let's hit an eight thirty game. We actually moved to another time slot here. Uh, but before I do that, just very briefly, let me remind everybody. Since it's been so long, you may have forgotten. Early on, uh, you know, we've got college football bonanza today. On on top of all of our NBA tonight. So take advantage of the uh, MyBookie offer. Go to MyBookie.ag, put in the promo code DFS today, all one word. That's the name of our show, and you get half of your deposit, all the way up to a thousand bucks. So even if you want to just take a few shots at the pool, uh, bowl games and put fifty bucks, get twenty-five free bucks to give you seventy-five dollars a play. So. Go after that, uh, mybookie.ag, best in the industry. Okay, well, let's go right back to an 8:30 game. We've got Orlando at Milwaukee. Uh, we had the the world shaken uh, by Giannis sitting uh, yesterday, so that was interesting. Uh, both of these teams are coming off a back to back. Milwaukee's at home, favored by 11. Certainly, uh, no question. Low-out potential. Orlando's game came down to the wire yesterday. Milwaukee crushed the team they play like they usually do. Uh, Difference in defense is pretty stout. uh, or I mean, in pace is pretty stout here. Orlando's 27th. Milwaukee's the fastest team in the league. Uh, So it is a pace-up game for Orlando. That does help. Uh, And then defensive efficiency. Orlando's 12th, which is very respectable. Milwaukee's first. Uh, the over under is only 216, which is super duper low for a Milwaukee game. Very, very strange to see that. And believe it or not, that's the second lowest uh, total uh, on the entire slate, and that's a Giannis game. So uh, odd if you read into that, you know, Vegas may think either Orlando's just absolutely horrific, or maybe Giannis isn't going to be at full speed. or – you know, I don't know. It's just with an eleven point favorite and only a two sixteen spread, uh, just sort of an odd game. Uh what do you think, man?
1: Yeah, there's not a lot to love in this game. I mean, <clears throat> a lot of it's gonna be dependent, like you said, on the uh on the on the honest news. So if if he plays, uh, I'm probably gonna fade this game as a whole. If he sits, I'll have a little bit of interest in a couple of these guys. Uh, you know, Chris Middleton is priced up at 8,200, but Ursan's still a fantastic price at 4,300. I'd have no problem going back to the well. Uh, wow, what a, what a
0: game he had!
1: Oh uh, he? yeah, he's a must play, especially in that Hawks matchup. He was a must, hundred percent lock play. He was yeah, thirty. He was the easiest play.
0: He was a free square man.
1: Absolutely, and uh, looking at the other side of the ball, I'm probably not going to play much of anything.
0: Yeah, I and, you know, just looking at this, uh, what I just read, I, I'm like 95% sure Giannis plays, and, uh, you know, he might be the guy to play. I don't really think he was hurt yesterday. I think they knew they were going to kill Atlanta. His back was slightly sore. You know, my back is slightly sore right now. So, you know, I think they just sat him just not to s- stretch him. He might be the best play. I know he's like uber expensive, but, you know, if Orlando, you know, they're so they play so, you know, deliberate, they might be able to stay close enough that Giannis just gets in there and dominates. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to have to question that. I, Uh, I
1: I I think I smell a coach's challenge. You, you, with me having Giannis, yeah. If you want to do a, a, a nice one, you could take Giannis. I'll,
0: I'll, I'll, take, I, I'll
1: take. I'll take Harden and uh, Doncic to outscore
0: him. You'll take Giannis. Okay, I'll take both of those. Boom. So we have two chicken suit challenges, and you're going against my man Giannis onto to yeah,
1: well, I mean, it's not like I'm going against them with DeAndre Bembry, uh, Doncic and Harden. They're both around. They're all around that same price tag of a, over a little bit over eleven. Uh, I just like the other spots for the, for Doncic and Harden, uh, just a lot better. Wow. And at the end of the day, would it blow my mind if Giannis outscores him? No, not at all. It's Giannis, but I just like those spots for those two guys. And those were, you know, I got to eliminate guys out of my player pool somehow. I can't have all these eleven K guys in it. So uh,
0: that's how I'm doing it nice man i man what a what an awesome thing if i can jump up nine seven on Giannis's wide shoulder um, but this that yeah, should be great it should be interesting all right good to hear that one um so break break down this game for us what's what's the word here
1: uh it's i i pretty much kind of like what i just said i, I mean i'm on this orlando side of the ball i'm not i'm not touching anybody and then uh yeah if, if Giannis plays i'm not i'm not touching anybody and if he sits i think middleton and urson are guys that we could look at
0: yeah yeah and and middleton's really seem to getting in a groove again too he's certainly a guy that's playable you know the one thing about orlando though that you have to mention here is they are playing Against the fastest paced team, even though they're the best defensive team, so is that going to help somebody like a Vuk or Fournier or uh, you know maybe even a, a Aaron Gordon? Did any of those guys tickle your fancy at all?
1: No, because if if it depends on Giannis. If Giannis is playing, they're the fastest team or fastest paced team in the in the NBA, or one of them. Uh, if he sits, they're not. I mean, a lot of that comes with Giannis just grabbing those boards and pushing the pace. They play a completely different play style with him out of the court.
0: All right, whale shark, uh, <laughs> I got you, got you loud and clear. All right, let's go to the next 8:30 game. It's Detroit at San Antonio. San Antonio is a big fat four and a half point favorite, which is a just a, a massive head scratcher for me. I don't understand that line. Um but it is what it is. The the total's 222.5. Detroit's 21st in pace, San Antonio 13th. As far as defensive efficiency, Detroit 21st, San Antonio 23rd. So poor defensive teams, a decent number here. Drummond is listed as probable, uh, but we do know Markeith Morris uh, is not playing in this game, but he usually comes off the bench. So what do you think about this uh, San Antonio by four and a half here? Did I lose you? Oh, there, yeah. I think I, I think I had my mic
1: off by by You're accident. Muted. <laughs> I muted myself by accident in between. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I just have options. Basically, one option on each side of the ball here. It's I'm looking at Tim Frazier. Um, you know, he started last game. He played decent minutes at twenty. I think about twenty six, twenty seven minutes, and that was with Bruce mm-hmm, Brown back. Mm-hmm. So. Uh with Kennard being out for a while, they're they're shifting more towards playing uh Brown more at the two than he was yeah. at the one. Um uh, which, you know, Frazier's a great point per minute guy. He can rack up assists very easily. So he's a decent option for a value play. And on the other side of the ball, um, normally I, I look at guys like DeJounte Murray. I'll take a pass on him tonight and I'll I'll look towards Derek White a little bit more at forty two hundred. He's just been kinda of playing well, even in limited minutes. Um and there's just always the upside. If Murray's minutes are limited, they're probably going to White.
0: Interesting. Well, I have a. I think uh, Frazier is the sucker uh, trap of the day. So we'll find somebody amongst all these twenty-eight teams, s- similar price. I'll challenge you on the Frazier play because I think he he wakes up screaming in San Antonio on this one. I just don't see it. Um, what about Drummond? What do you think? Of, uh, is is he playable?
1: He's playable. I mean, he, he, am I going to get there? Probably not. Um, not too much. Uh, he's. It's not like San Antonio is the same tough matchup that they were in the past. Uh, I just don't feel like I need to spend the 9,300. Blake is back healthy. Uh, Rose is still going to have some usage. So, you know, there's plenty of reasons for me not to play him, and I see less reasons to play him.
0: Well, I, with Kennard out, Kennard's been a, a big usage monster for them this year. Uh, you know, he was the surprise guy Uh, His usage was higher than uh, Griffin's, so that makes me a little interested in Drummond, and San Antonio hasn't exactly shut down centers this season for sure, Um, so I'm thinking about it. Uh, I'm not sure. It is in San Antonio, which is one of the avocado uh, cities of the world. There's a ton of avocados there, so Drummond... They may be throwing them at him from the crowd. Who knows? But uh, if you want guacamole, the best I've ever had is in San Antonio. So that might be the reason alone to fade Drummond. That's all I'm saying. Um, that's, a, that's a shark call. <laughs> wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be funny if they uh, – oh, No, we can't even go there. But anyway, um, you know, I don't know. The Spurs, Aldridge is playing much better, no doubt about it. Um I just don't know. This is such a tough game. I'm, I'm going to consider Drummond. Uh, you know, he's really the only guy on that side of the ball I'm looking at. Uh, LMA's price is a little bit higher. It was better when it was was down a bit, but uh, other than that, I don't know. Uh, this this game just confuses me, so I'm ready to move on. Let's do it. All right, last 8:30 game is the the Dallas Mavericks at the Golden State Warriors. Uh, It is Dallas on the road and 11 point favorite. Um, I watched Golden State win their fourth in a row last night with a monster fourth quarter against the Suns. It was shocking. It was basically uh, D'Angelo Russell and Draymond Green with their literal, I think San Jose is the name of their G league team and they've won four in a row. So more power to them, but Dallas goes there with a healthy Luca 11 point favorite first game of a back-to-back for Dallas. So uh, tomorrow is going to be a little bit nerve wracking because it'll be Dallas three games in four days on a back-to-back, but Dallas flew into golden state, uh, you know, night early. They're rested up. I think they're going to come out and play well. Uh, golden state again, even though it's home, it is a back-to-back. Uh, we have the 19th and 15th pace teams. Uh, Defensively, Dallas fourteen, Golden State twenty-two, over under two nineteen. So, yeah, Luke is certainly monster in play here. I think I agree with you. I think he uh, will be. You know, could easily be second or third highest scoring guy on the slate uh, with Giannis being the highest. Um, and you know, the this whole Porzingis thing has been really interesting. I don't know if everybody's been following that, but uh, Carlisle just sort of went at. Ape shit in one of his uh, commentaries. They were grilling him on Porzingis, Porzingis, because everybody's saying he's playing, you know, weak and you know he's not aggressive. And Luca comes in, he doesn't do anything, and he just went off, you know, defending Porzingis, saying how well he's playing, and on and on and on. So that you know, I'm I'm hoping that gives Porzingis a little lift. This should be a good matchup for him, uh, you know. If he if he really grows a set here before this game, and uh, and shows up, so I think he's in play, uh, especially with everybody being down on him. I just don't like his price uh, on the Golden State side. The question is on the second night of a back to back. You know how much are they going to play Draymond? Uh, that scares me a little. There's no report on him. Uh, you know not playing. Uh, D'Angelo, I think there's still. Uh, you know, shopping him, so I think they want him to have uh, the best games possible, Uh, you know, and your man, I got to give you credit, dude, you were the first guy that I know in the industry that was all over Damian Lee, and that dude has played his ass off, he takes charges, dives on the floor, hits tough shots, I mean, at his price, he's a playable guy, so I want to give you uh, you know, credit where credit is due, buddy. But how do you see this game playing out?
1: It's, I mean, these teams, uh, these two teams played already this season, and uh, Dallas pretty much had their way with them. Uh, but well, the reason why I'm so hyped up on Lucas, he's just absolutely destroyed them. Coach, you dropped 20, uh, 77 DK points in 25 minutes against these guys the last time.
0: I know, I know. I do. I thought that was one of the most incredible things so I've seen. If this I... guy
1: gets 30 plus. Who knows? Uh, so I've no, I'm, I'm going to be very heavily on Luca. Uh, probably split my actually my actual uh, ownership between you know 25 25 between him and Harden. I'll have shares between both those guys. Other than that, I'm not looking at anything over here on Dallas with all these guards healthy. I think Delon Wright maybe if you want to take a one off kind of flyer on a guard. This kind of game style and play style suits him he's been playing those you know mid 20 minutes so yeah. uh, i have no problem looking at him he's kind of up and down you can get 30 out of him though he got 30 in two out of the past four games so uh, he'd yeah. be my the only other guy in dallas i'm really looking at and then at golden state um, you know you kind of touched on russell he's just been crushing uh, i have no problem looking at him at 7400 they're going to keep playing him big minutes they're going to keep letting him shoot a ton of times and you know it's not like uh, dallas's point guards are otherworldly defenders uh, so I've I've no no problem looking at him. I'm probably gonna you know go away from Draymond Green a little bit in this one. I think Lee would be the better player as opposed to Draymond. Uh, Lee's actually he doesn't have a guaranteed contract right now, so they actually have to either sign him or his two way contract is up and he's going back down to the G League pretty soon. So I expect him to keep balling out and trying to prove yeah. why he's worth that. And if they listen, if they don't sign him, I don't know what's wrong with him.
0: Um, oh, he's he's a crowd favorite too, man. There, there's no way they're not going to sign him. He has earned it. He really has
1: yep and then uh
0: he took a do you see the charge he took uh baines full absolutely full steam uh just bloomed right through the basket that, but those, he took it those are the yeah and,
1: and when you want uh earn an nba spot and you're that roster cusp kind of guy that that's what you need to do you need to be one of those yeah. kind of junkyard dog type players and he's totally fits
0: that build um, no, doubt, no doubt
1: i would expect pascal to sit again um we'll, we'll probably find out uh eventually probably at the 130 injury yeah. report but if he sits glenn robinson should continue to play big minutes 5k makes him more of a cash than a tournament play uh but he's been hitting that 5x value for the past few games
0: that's key and you know i think dallas will will play delon wright and jalen brunson a lot on uh mr russell and i uh, and i think they'll try to get Uh, get on him a bit, not let him get as many shots up, but uh, I'm with you on that one. I I think this game definitely could blow out, so it makes me nervous as far as really rostering uh, guys from this game, so even though I think Luke is going to do great and I'm tempted on the KP thing, uh, I'll probably pass this game, believe it or not.
1: Hey, I mean, like like we said earlier, you kind of need to just take a stance. Uh, you yeah, can't, you, can't, yeah you, can't you can't play everybody. Play everybody. Nope. No, especially on a slate like today.
0: And especially ex- all the expensive guys, for sure. All right, man, we've got three games left. That's it. Sometimes we do three game slates, So, you know, all of this and we still have three games to go. It's so funny. But we're we're, we're working hard at it. It's 11-15 on the East Coast. So this sucker will be up. And you'll have plenty of time to listen to it all afternoon, so we'll be good to go. All right, we've got uh, the lone nine o'clock game. Somehow, uh, the Phoenix Suns, who looked like absolute shit last night, I got to say it, what it is. And I love Monty Williams, but that team looked gutless, hapless, and hopeless. And that's that's the the good things I have to say about them. Uh, So they're on the second night of a back-to-back after that disgusting performance against Golden State. um, And they're playing Sacramento, who's a two-point favorite. Uh, They're on a first of a back-to-back. And then, you know, the disaster that Sacramento, Bagley and Fox both out. uh, Luke Walton just, man, he's... can't do anything right there. They're, you know, healed was complaining that the players on the team don't trust each other. Uh, Dwayne Dedman uh, came out in the press and went to the owner and, and demanded a trade. Uh, there, there are a dumpster fire. So the, this is the worst game of the day to me. It is 221 and a half though. So I get it. If you want to throw some guys up there, it's only a two point spread. You know, it has the makings, and then you've got, uh, you know, 221 and a reasonable. Phoenix is 10th in pace. Sacramento's the slowest team in the league, 30th, dead last, uh, which is unbelievable to do because they were second overall last year with uh, a different coach. Phoenix defensively 20th, Sacramento 17th. Um, have at it, man.
1: Yeah, so I think I might have a little bit more interest in this game just because of all the injuries. Uh, I'll start with the Phoenix side, their way team. Um, I always mention shooting guards going against the Kings, that that's one of the worst positions that they are uh, at defending. So, Devin Booker is firmly in play. You know, we're not getting that nice 6,900 price tag that we got yeah. uh, last night on DK, which, you know, listen, if he's ever that low again, just play him. It was a um, steal. You can't, yeah. you're never going to see him that low. So, they, no. they, they fixed that. He's back up to where he should be. Uh, still slightly underpriced. I think he's more of like an $8,100 player. Um, the only reason why he was priced down so low is, you know, just. Poor shooting. Uh, we see some of these star players go through strings like that where they just struggle shooting the ball from the field uh, yeah. just for a few games. And, you know, the shot attempts were down. There's a lot of things that were out uh, out of the norm. So I, I have no problem going back to him. And then, you know, the only other real guy I'm going to be looking at on the Phoenix side would be Baines. I think he's priced fairly at 51. Uh, he should go against, you know, Rashawn Holmes, Bleach, uh, you know, if they decide. I, I doubt they play Deadman anymore. Um yeah and uh, you know so i think that he's a solid option you know eight and still out he should be playing around that 28 to 30 minute mark you can look at him probably more cash game viable than tournament and gpps and then sliding over to the sacramento one of my favorite plays of the of the night is going to be in this game uh, i'm going to be all over buddy healed uh there's no if answer buts about it uh 6200 is way too cheap uh he's gonna be getting devin booker defense bagley and fox uh, more or less, probably you know Bagley's already ruled out, but Fox is most likely sitting he left the game with uh back tightness or back soreness, and he looked like he was uh in some considerable pain, so we're going to see that yeah, they're, buddy they're, healed they're usage. both
0: they're both out
1: oh perfect so we're going to see that buddy healed usage that we were paying seventy four seventy five hundred you know not too not too long ago, like what two weeks ago. So he's going to continue getting all those shot attempts at 6,200. I have absolutely no problem going to him. I think Bogdanovich is a nice little pivot play. He's going to see a ton of usage, handle the ball a little bit more. Um, He looks like he's back to health, played 40 minutes in the last one. So those are going to be my two primary options I'm looking for on the Sacramento side. And uh, if you want to take a stab at Rashawn Holmes, uh, Bagley's back out. He should say plenty of minutes. He's priced up, though, on DK, 6,700. But it leaves a little juice left on the boat.
0: All right, man. Good, good breakdown. I just, I do not, I think these are two teams uh, hotly going in the wrong direction. And uh, they're just such a shit show. I I want no part of it. And they're back, one on a second night of a back-to-back, the other on a first. So have at it, man. Let's go to the second to the last game. Two late-night sweat games. One's 10 o'clock Eastern. L.A. Lakers at the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, It is Lakers a a four-and-a-half-point favorite on the road, Uh, a high 223-and-a-half total, which is the third highest uh, on the slate. Uh, You have the pace, 16th and 11th, Lakers' fourth-best defensively, Portland 18th. Um, We have all probable marks for the Lakers with James, A.D., and Kuzma, and a questionable for Hazonia, which isn't that big of a deal with Portland, uh, but uh, this should be interesting. What do you think?
1: I think a lot of it's going to be determined on the main news, like you said. Um, I'm gonna, I'm actually probably gonna be a little bit underweight on this game. I think it's going to draw a lot of attention, but you know, LA's defense is still absolutely phenomenal. We can't forget that. Uh, you, you know, he James he did yeah. practice on Friday. It was a it was a non contact practice though. So there's you know if he plays, um, I probably won't have a ton of interest in anybody outside of maybe just a couple shares of uh, Rondo on the Lakers side. If he sits, uh, I'll be looking at Rondo, AD, and Kuzma, all with a little bit more upside um on the other side of the ball uh mostly looking at Whiteside in this matchup 7800 he's one of the guys i like to play he's been very consistent all season going against a big front court kind of secures his minutes um and i think you know with that front court he should close the game out that's the biggest thing with Whiteside is is he going to yeah. close the game out in the fourth quarter and get that extra four or five minutes because four or five minutes for Whiteside is an extra you know five to six points sometimes so i i have no Probably, problem uh,
0: more than that even really the way he's
1: been playing absolutely but, yeah um so he's probably gonna be my preferred option over there on the portland side of the ball and i don't really mind carmelo anthony with the little buddy buddy friendship with uh with lebron maybe he gets up a little bit more for this game he's 5500 i think it's a fair price tag but i'm not going to be overweight
0: on him in any way yeah i don't know man i you know we got to watch the news i uh, from what i understand i'm gonna you know game script it like all those guys are playing and i'm not gonna let it if it's a late scratch, it's a late scratch. I know it's the first game of a double uh, back to backs. They play tomorrow. Uh, I, I just don't see at Portland in a, in a, con- a hotly contested uh, game with, you know, that the Lakers, what are they like, one and four in their last five, something like that? So they need to turn it around. I don't see any of those guys sitting. And it puts them all in play. Portland doesn't defend well, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, I, I'm my spend-up guy is probably going to be honest. I don't think I can go to Davis or James. I will say Kuzma looked really good for the first time in his last game. <clears throat> He's a little tempting at that price. Um, and, you know, I like, I like the Portland backcourt as well. I know uh, the Lakers defend well, but Dame seems to have kept, be catching his stride. CJ had a really bad shooting game, but, you know, the law of averages, like you say, come back around with him quite a bit. Um, you know, I don't like Whiteside as much just because I think, you know, with the 10 files or I'm sorry, 12 files that you get with the two-headed uh, center monster of uh, McGee and, and Howard, they're probably going to beat on him pretty good in there. Uh, so I don't know. I, I'm probably not going to have... Uh, that much maybe one from each team if i can you know squeeze a kuzma i'd love to have a little in there but it's gonna be salary dependent man absolutely and uh you know white these
1: two teams played earlier in the season Whiteside played 32 minutes uh he shot eight of 12 put up about 41 and a half dk points double doubled so um, I'm not. I'm not too worried. It's, he's just been Mr. Consistent. He's definitely a good cash game play, and he's worth taking a look at in tournaments. Um, you know, don't go overweight. We probably talked about sixteen other centers we have fair
0: interest in. Uh, well, but- I would love to challenge Whiteside because I think he's gonna puss out in this game. So find me a guy around Whiteside's salary, and I still need to find a guy around. Uh, who's the other? The sucker play of the night. That i said uh i think you said frazier earlier yes walt frazier or clyde the glide Fraser. no tim Fraser.
1: <laughs> well it's gonna, so, be, it's gonna be tough with the white side just because that's that price tag um that range that's where i have a lot of my love we're talking about guys you know wiggins paul george around
0: there wiggins is, uh, paul george Allen and... from brooklyn
1: If you want to take Jared Allen against him, I'll take that seven days a week. Is he a huge under? What's their salaries? Uh, Allen's probably like sixty-four, if I'm not mistaken. Let me check. With Whiteside, sixty-one. There's a big difference in that one. There's like seventeen hundred dollar difference.
0: Now, so give me somebody else to choose against Whiteside. Who did you say?
1: Well, I, I, the guys I wouldn't take because I think it, I think it's gonna be close. I think Wiggins, is, he's a guy that I was on. We're gonna get to Paul George in a minute. He's another guy that I have some interest in. They're floating around the same price tag. Booker's in there. Kevin Love. There's a lot of guys I mentioned in that like you know high seven. I range. can't
0: believe Whiteside is that expensive.
1: He's been that that, he's just... been that way all season long. And I mean, if you just look at check the box scores, uh, other than that's that why last I, I sticker... guess
0: that's why I never play him because it comes down to it. He's just so damn expensive.
1: He's 5X'd in four out of the last five games, and uh, it was a down game against Utah uh, where he only played 22 minutes that he didn't uh, 5X. And then, you know, looking at that before then, he 5X'd in previously to that four out of the other five games. So we're talking about out of the past 10 games uh, at this price tag and even a little higher at 85, 84, 84. Uh, he's been 5 x in almost left and right. So I, I feel confident in just saying, like, he's getting me 40.
0: I'll take Kevin Love against him.
1: I think that's going to be close, but I'll take it. Why not? We'll just throw another one in there. I, I like both those guys. I touched on
0: Kevin Love earlier, but let's do it. Okay. And then, uh, so all, that's three challenges. This is going to We're setting the record today. And then all we have to do is find a Frazier challenge, which we can find maybe in this game. So let's look at the last game. It's the late night sweat, 1030, uh, Utah at the Clippers. It is Clippers by eight and a half <clears throat> into two and a half over under. Um, these, these are the only two teams that I see here that are not uh, coming off a back to back. So you've got uh, that I'm aware of unless I didn't mark it. I don't know, but uh, I don't believe so. So Utah, we know Conley's still out uh, Clippers. We have no news on anything there. So I expect those guys to play. Pace wise, Utah 17th, 17th, which is higher than people would really think, and Clippers are sixth. But defensively, these teams can defend. Utah 11, Clippers sixth. So, what do you think about this game, bud?
1: It's pretty simple for me. I mean, uh on the Utah side of the ball there's you know, not it's two tough defensive matchups. Rudy Gobert's priced up at eighty five hundred. I'm gonna mention him because it's a center yeah. versus the Clippers and that's been their kind of you know, chance. He's gone up in a armor. lot lately, man. He was way cheaper than that. Yeah, week. I don't like paying that price tag. And I'm not going towards anybody as far as, you know, I would, would it surprise me if Mitchell has a great game? No, not whatsoever. But we like we just said, there's probably about six guys I mentioned in that high sevens range that already have my interest, so I'm not going to force it with him. Um, yeah. And I want to just touch on Jordan Clarkson a little bit now that he's kind of that bench use bench usage kind of guy for them. Took 12 shots in his first game with them. Yeah, 21 minutes. I definitely think he's in play as a decent value play. Um, I would expect a couple more shots, maybe a couple more minutes, the shot attempts to float around there. They're going to need his bench scoring in this matchup. I mean, let's be real. The Clippers' starting defense could shut down anybody, so you're really going to be relying upon your second unit when you're facing them.
0: That's true. No doubt. What about the Clippers and all
1: their stars? Uh, Paul George for me over Kawhi Leonard, just the $1,200 difference makes a a big deal for me. And then when you're talking about him coming off of a down game on Christmas uh, and then actually a few down games over the past three games, law of averages, he's going to explode in one of these next ones. A lot of people will be off of him because of the Utah matchup, but it's good exposure to a late game hammer if you want to use it. And then I think Zubak should see a fair amount of minutes at 3,800. He comes in as a decent value play. It's not going to be anything probably more than 5X if you even get there. But, you know, he's played 25 minutes, um, our scored 25 DK points against this team already, played at least 18 minutes in both of the matchups against them. It's a clear focus that they're going to just need his size um, and just be a body out there while Gobert's out there. They're not going to get away with Montrez Harrell on him as much. So right. I feel like it's worth mentioning, um, more or less for those lineups where you're talking about later, if you're doing like the late game hammer, um, last two games of the night, 10 o'clock and 1030, and you wanted to get some decent value, I think that's where I'd be looking at him.
0: Oh, not bad. I was looking at Lou Williams. What do you think about the Lou Williams play? Just seems like a Will, Lou Will kind of fourth quarter, you know?
1: I love the price tag on DK at 5700 he, That's what
0: I mean. He's cheap.
1: He's too cheap. Yeah, definitely comes into the play. Uh, and as far as a total of main slate, probably not for me. But, again, uh, he makes a lot of sense in that late-game slate because uh, if LeBron plays, we're not going to be as exposed to that game as we as we were going to be if he sits. So getting more exposure in this game uh, as opposed to that Laker-Portland game will be a way to differentiate yourself because a lot of people are just going to be scared off of this one.
0: Yeah. What about, you know, Gobert's price is up, but this is a good matchup for him. You know, he's going against Zubach and Harrell, I think. You know, he could be a nice cornerstone play as well. Well, I
1: I, I touched on that and I, I don't like the price tag, but it's a center going against him. Up. Um so I thought it was worth mentioning. He did actually struggle in the two matchups already so far against him, so that's worth noting that he's averaging yeah. twenty nine DK points against them in two games already this season. So it's not like he's going out there blowing off the roof off the doors. The upside's there if you want to take a shot at him in the late games,
0: but there's not a chance he makes my main slate lineups. No. Yeah, I just I just can't stomach that price. I mean, he was a thousand dollars cheaper, uh, you know, less, uh, like eight or nine days ago. So yeah, you know, i I may not have that much exposure to this game other than, uh, a Lou will, uh, or one of the ancillary guys. I just think the defensively, you know, Clippers are so good. I, I don't see Mitchell blowing up and, uh, I don't know, man. It just, this seems like a, a rough, a rough go and it could grind out both ways uh for sure so you know i'll probably hopefully have a good enough point total that i won't have to uh you know i'll, I'll be able to just root against these guys in this last game
1: absolutely and um you know while we were doing <clears throat> the show Mr. robinson got ruled in so he's playing today um if that impacts you in any way oh bitch is uh, in uh, yeah. that
0: hurts that hurts my pick a little bit with uh yeah, I see that too. Uh, that hurts my Julius Rand a little bit. Yeah, not but... too too much.
1: He's still fantastic. At the end of the day, you you got to understand that these wizards would love to play small if possible. They're not trying to force the issue with uh you know matching up against Mitchell Robinson if they don't have to.
0: Yeah, and uh, just a, a quick—I'll do since we're we've gone through all the games real quickly here. Uh, just a quick update of live right now at eleven thirty-one Eastern. Mitch Robb in, Trey Young out, Marvin Bagley out, Mark, Markeith Morris out, Drummond 75% probable, Hazonia 50-50, Fox out, Wendell Carter's in, Laurie in 50-50 questionable, Zach Levine 90%, so he's in. Uh, we know Porzingis is in. We have no idea on Millsap or Towns. They're still both game-time decisions. Uh, very probable looking good for Kuzma, Davis, and LeBron. Uh, we know Levert, Smith, Conley are out. Cephalosha questionable for Houston. Capella, very doubtful. I would count him out. We know Irving, Gordon, Bryant are out. Russell Westbrook confirmed. Bradley Bill game time decision 50-50. And Chris Dunn is playing. So that's the last read on that. Uh you know, I do want to say just a couple things as we wrap up here. I know it's a long show. Hopefully, you can utilize all this information uh, to hammer out some big wins. Uh, we want to thank MyBookie uh, for being our presenting sponsor. Go to mybookie.ag. DFS Today is a promo code. Get half of up to whatever you deposit, all the way up to a $1,000. They have some great contests there. We want to thank Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company, our home base, hoop-ball.com, uh, Brew, ben, Dan Bespers, and the team back there. Uh, super support as we're growing and growing this thing. Please listen to us every day. We're seven days a week. All you got to look up is DFS Today or NBA DFS Today, however you want to search it, Where wherever podcasts can be found, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, YouTube, Take the 15 to 20 seconds, if you would. Rate, review, subscribe. We really appreciate five stars, likes, positive reviews, thumbs up, couple of good words. All of that stuff really helps build our sponsors and keep everybody happy because we want to keep this in front of the paywall, seven-day-a-week, free DFS coverage, which I'm telling you is the most in-depth that you're going to find in the industry by a mile. Look us up on Twitter throughout the day, throughout the slates. I mean, between the, the four pros and then our our guys uh, posting at hoop-ball.com, we're basically 24-7. I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. He is at Mike Patria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. We have Andrew at Language Olympic, Miles at Miles6565. And if you're looking for those updates, go to at HoopBallFantasy on Twitter. You've got all of our four pros DFS Twitter handles. And you can also go to Hoop-Ball.com, click on forms, click on DFS threads. Miles and Andy and the team are constantly putting stuff up. The blurbs are coming out there. And on Twitter, so you can find us uh, anywhere you need. So that wraps everything up. I know it's been a long show, but it is the biggest slate of the year. It's a money-making slate. Uh, you have gotta, you know. We, hopefully, we've given you a lot of information. I know it's a lot to digest, but you, you know, you've got a good feel for what the slate's all about. Follow everything up to to uh, lock. You have that early game lock at five PM if you're playing a single showdown slate, Eastern time, seven Eastern for the big thirteen game main slate. That's it. Any other words, Mr. Apatria? That is all I have. Good luck, guys. Massive slate. Uh,
1: you know, don't go overboard on your denominations on how much you're gonna play. I mean, it's a lot of variance, it comes with a lot of big slates like this. So, you know, play the usual amount that you would manage your bankroll, and let's go out there and keep crushing.
0: Let's do it and keep an eye on all the news. There's still a lot of news floating around for the day, uh, and that's you know can impact your lineups. Uh, fantastic job from our whale shark, Mr. Apatria, uh, and really appreciate you guys joining us today for Hoop NBA DFS for Mike Apatria and the rest of our pros, uh, Andrew Hanson, Miles Hartley. I am coach, affectionately known as Joe Sarvati, a little backwards for you. We will catch you again tomorrow as we look to crush it on NBA DFS. Thanks, guys. This has been a HoopBall presentation.